Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. It's 1233 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. You can text us at any time on the Ashley Five Floors text line. Brock from BL says. Awesome how Ken Holland did so much with the, what little he had. Made the Oilers faster and have way more depth. Again, you can text us. Uh, 780-496-0063. Bob, shorten season, get points while you can and make the playoffs. I feel an offensive team can get there, then tweak the defense once you get, uh, well, he says 20 points ahead of the competition. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Alice has texted the show to say, good signing for Cahoon, great deal. He's almost at a half a point per game in the NHL, which is pretty good. Nothing wrong at all with this deal. I think we'll get more out of him as well. And this may give r a chance to move up uh, and help out more. Well, r a has had back-to-back 60-point seasons. Bob. Would it not make sense for the Oilers to move Chase on for maybe your second or third pairing defenseman? Um, might need to, yeah, it might be a second pairing defense, or sorry, third pairing defenseman. I don't think realistically you're getting a top four defenseman for Alex Chase on, but there might be a team that's got some funds allocated for a third pairing guy in the one and a half to two million dollar range. And they might be short a right winger that can play a power play and good veteran character guy. Uh, Terps and Beaumont says, absolutely great job by Holland in signing Cahoon. Lots of upside with NHL experience at a bargain price. Uh, there will be no complaints at all in oil country on this one. That one comes to us from Terps in Beaumont. All right. Well, uh, and the other thing I just wanted to mention here is, you know, Andreas Athanasiu did not get qualified at $3 million. I will be surprised if he gets at this stage more than $2 million as a free agent. Dominic Cahoon did not get qualified for Buffalo, and part of the reason is he had a compelling ARP case. And the Oilers benefited from this a year ago. The Arizona Coyotes did not uh, qualify uh, Josh Archibald nor Nick Cousins. And both guys went to teams in Canada. Archibald got himself a two-year extension, was the best of the Oilers' sort of cheaper free agent signings a year ago up front. Cousins went to the Canadians, got moved to Vegas, then got himself a new deal this year. So part of it just has to do with how arbitration works, too. Tends to kind of favor the player a bit, and in a flat-cap world, that uh, that provided the mechanism to get Cahoon uh, to Edmonton. All right, without further ado, John Shannon. John, how you doing? Fine, Bob, you? Good. Uh, your thoughts on the Oilers signing Dominic Cahoon, one-year deal, 975K? Well, uh, in in terms of uh, what's happening in this day and age and shopping for players at, uh, at lower prices, it's a pretty good move. I loved Cahoon when he first came to the NHL and played for Chicago. Uh, and there were times I wondered why he ended up traveling around so much, Pittsburgh and, and Buffalo. Uh, but at a certain point, you 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 have to move players in order to get the deal that you want. And Cahoon was coveted at least at one point by the Penguins and another point by the Sabers. And I heard your uh, I heard your discussion about the arbitration. It's the one time 
in a, in a collective bargaining agreement. It's the one time that you know the team has leverage, and uh, there are teams that that seem to know how to use that leverage better than others. And uh, you know, Kenny Holland is a master at uh, trying to find ways to uh, best utilize uh, the CBA to his. Uh, to his best effect in the in, in this situation and finding out what happened with the Sabres and your discussion about Athanasiu, I mean, Kenny kind of dug himself out of a hole. Now, we haven't seen Cahoon put a sweater on and play a shift yet, um, but on paper, it looks like a pretty darn good deal. Well, I, I'm led to believe here, and my source is pretty good, that he could have gone, Cahoon, Cahoon could have had lots of options at 975000 around the league. There would have been teams willing, and I know for a fact there was a Pacific Division team that was in the $1.5 million range on a one-year deal. So, uh, yeah, but, it, you know, but if, you, if you look at, and this is where um, you look at that roster, you look at uh, you know the fact. That I don't think it hurt that uh, Leon Dreisaitl is a German as well. I don't think all, that hurt at all. That's that's what I'm saying here, right? And and, and yeah. uh, you know I, I think the Canadian that uh, plays ahead of Dreisaitl is pretty good too. <laughs> so um, you, you, I, you know the the attractiveness of what the Oilers are on the ice and what the building offers and the the hardcore fan. Uh, you, you know it's a, it's a pretty positive situation to. Uh, to go to and I, what we're I think what we're seeing in this day and age uh, is that the uh, the positive nature in signing with Canadian team as well. I think that's that's something that we used to lament that players didn't want to come to Canada, and I don't think that's near the issue uh, this year as it was in in previous years. See, this is going to make for really bad radio, John, because You're, you, I, we agree. We well, I just I, like the point I'm making is this guy chose Edmonton. He could have gone to. I know for a fact he could like you know again. And there was we know there was a, a an offer on the table, and then Ennis the Oilers did the Ennis deal, and then suddenly maybe the market evaporated a little bit on Cahoon at a certain mm-hmm. price point. But I mean, come on, how many teams in the league probably could have offered him 975k? I, I'm going to hazard a guess there would have been six to eight teams in the league that would have been able to get there easily. He kind of chose this situation, so you know. I'm well, yeah, and this is this is what you have to do. So here it is. It's it's November the second now. Yes. Uh, and and what managers have to do is they have to be able to weigh options of making sure they have a player now versus signing and waiting and signing and driving the price down even more on the 15th of January or the 15th of December. And quite frankly, I, I, I think that, uh, and I haven't talked to Ken today, uh, but, I, you know, at a certain point you have to say, okay, listen, sure, we can probably, the price can drop uh, on many players, um, but this one will fit into our system, will fit into our budget, and uh, he, will, he will make us younger and he will make us faster. So at, at what point do, do all of those lines intersect? And it happened to intersect uh, this weekend in order to get the deal done. Yeah, and I, again, I, th- I think the player had a real desire. I, I think this was his target, and it has nothing to do with his Instagram account. <laughs> that, my, that my daughter dug up on like two weeks ago. 
Well, why is he following Edmonton? <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, oh, it's got to be well, because of Leon. Not? Yeah. Why not? Come on. You well, listen, when when you have when you when you have the poster child for for German hockey playing for the Edmonton Oilers, yep. and you have a chance to play with them, um, you know. Now, I I, I say this, and I, I a little bit tongue in cheek. We better hope that you know that that Cahoon plays better with Drysaitel than the previous German played with Drysaitel. Because um, last I checked, Tobias Reeder's still waiting to score a goal for the Oilers. Yeah. Uh, so, so, but I mean, I I think it makes a ton more sense. And uh, when you look at the depth, and I heard the the the, uh, the text coming in before we talked. I mean, the right this team is this team has a bit more depth right now. It's it's faster right now. Uh, and it's uh, it, it's it's going to make it uh, a much more entertaining season when the season starts. John, I'm trying to recall here. Last year, right around this time, were you not with us in Detroit, Columbus, and Pittsburgh in that three-game roadie? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and remember, I, I I I think we were sitting right next to each other during the morning skate for the Oilers, and I was like, uh, in Detroit, I'm like too slow. And they had a couple. They had a couple. Like Nygaard was hurt. And, and, and the irony is right now, Nygaard might be on the outside looking in. Archibald was out with an injury. They'd help give the team a little bit of speed to start the season. But, John, like the owners had McDavid with Leon and Cassian in that game in Detroit on October 29th a year ago. RNH with Kara and Gagne. Haas with Neil and Chason. And Shan with Yurcho and Patrick Russell. Okay? Yeah. Okay, like like now you're rolling with McDavid, Nugent, Hopkins, and Cassian. Potentially, let's just put Cahoon of Drysaddle to start and Yamamoto. Mm-hmm. Ennis, Ennis with Turris and Poliarvi. Haas with Neil and Archibald. And that doesn't even include Chason, who's a legitimate NHL player, and Jujar Kara. Like well, got- but here's, here's, and here's the, here, here in my mind, Bob, is the biggest difference in all of this. Because on the you know that that trip on the 29th to the second of November that uh, last year yeah. was one where both Dave Tippett and Kenny Holland were still trying to figure out who they had and what names right. they were and who and yeah. what was going on. Yeah. This was this was at a point in the season when they were you know well let's put the let's put some names in a blender and see if it works. Yeah. Well, a year later. Um, you know that Tippett and Holland are comfortable with uh, with knowing, not necessarily comfortable with the players, but comfortable with knowing what the players can do for the organization. So there's a lot more ability for Kenny and Dave to say, okay, we're going to fill the void here. That's why that's why the tourist deal makes so much sense on so many levels because they know where he can fit. They know that it provides a really good option even on a second power play unit, they've talked to Kyle about killing penalties, um, and, and they know they know what deficiencies they have and how to fill them. And I think that that's we don't mention that enough uh, that that the comfort factor of the coach and the manager a year later is going to be worth I think it's probably worth five wins next well, year uh, well, for this hockey club. All right, and I'll throw something else at you. I mean, maybe we're overthinking this. Epstein's mother has texted the show on the Ashley Fine Floors text line and says, hey, wake up. You just read the line. You had Drysaddle with McDavid and Cassian, and now you have McDavid and Drysaddle centering their own lines. Forget about everything else, Stoffer. The biggest difference is that you're rolling with McDavid and Leon down the middle. Right. And, uh, and, uh, you, know, you, know, uh, you know, Epstein's mother's right. 
You know, and that and 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 by the way, how long did it take for that to happen? And and I'm not blame and I'm not blaming the coaching. I'm not blaming any of the coaches. Right. That that said, we've got to make sure that you know that Connor and Leon do their own and that drive their own lines. You know, it it was something that the players had to understand when it worked. And and let's be honest, particularly Leon. And once Leon understood that, and once Leon ended up having uh, Ryan and and uh, and Kaler with him, holy smokes, what, what a yeah. difference that was! What a, what a change that was! And and all of a sudden, the domino effect of the dimension that the Euler offense had, because you had McDavid with his line and you had Drysaddle with his line, and the world it, it, the world just exploded for them. You know, I'm going to throw something at you here. John Shannon, our NHL insider, joining us. And uh, people say, well, you can't do that, Stoffer. There is a little bit of a comparable, albeit the team was considerably better. When did Edmonton really take off in the 80s? When they moved Mark Messier to center full-time during the course of the 83-84 season. It was right because in 82-83, Kenny Linsman was still here yeah. and, and playing as the second-line center with Anderson and Messier. And 83-84, Messier moved. Linsman was still here in the 83-84 year, but it was during that year when, you know, Mark Messier uh, was 22, and it, but he'd already been a pro player for five years since he was 17. He moved full-time into the middle, and he took off. And Drysaddle gets moved into the middle this year and becomes a Hart Trophy winner. So he's still got one more to catch up to Mark Messier. Yeah, there are a few. There are a few differences between the the, the oh, twenty twenty oh, Evans and Oilers, and they don't have seven Hall of Fame players. That's I was going to say there's a little. There was a little more depth on that team in nineteen eighty four. A little more. Uh, depth. I, I reminded one of the great alumni players that after he was frustrated that the Oilers had lost to Chicago, you know, he's like, "Well, how can they lose to Chicago?" And I'm like. You guys lost L.A. Like, they were 48 points behind you in the standings, yeah. and you had and, and seven all of it. I tell you what, and this is, you know, and I know there's been lots of controversy and discussion about what's in goal in Edmonton. You know, when you had Grant Fuhr and Andy Moog as your two goaltenders, <laughs> you were doing okay. You think? <laughs> you, you were doing okay. I mean, it was Risto Sultan's birthday over the weekend, uh, John, and, and you remember him. Right shot, stocky build. Could number eight. Number he eight. could hammer the puck, right? Yeah. Yeah. He had 63 points the year they lost to the in 81-82. The year they lost to L.A. He had 63 points in 63 games. He was a guy that got moved in that three-way deal uh, that had, you know, ended up involving Mark Howe and uh, Kenny Linsman, Linsman coming to Edmonton. And, but it it does show like i guess what i'd say to you is this john i think no one's going to say the goaltending's any better cuz it's the same and there's fans disappointed that there's there are a lot, a lot of fans out there disappointed that the goaltending's the same my argument would be the alternate like 6 times 6 on markstrom i'd be pretty queasy in doing that just making that long term bet on markstrom and then i look at the money for grice and crawford crawford got 3.9 times 2 and Grace got 3.6 times two. You do that, you don't get Tyson Berry. Right? Well, I like, mean, here, here's the thing. With with what the cap is this year, what the cap is next year, how much more cap space does Kenny Holland have to play with next year? And we know the answer is a heck of a lot. Uh, and, and he's and what he's done is he's, uh, he's, uh, he's put together an opportunity for this franchise to continue to win and grow uh, all 
all all the while waiting for another season to go by that he is not encumbered by so much uh, so much to, you know weight of a couple of, of of some contracts. I mean that to me is a, a big part of what is is really positive yeah. of what's happened is, is that the team continues to get better and the 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 the, uh, the optimism not of this year but of the year after when there is a lot more cap space to play with and Kenny has an opportunity to sign some people I think is uh, I think is really really shows his moxie uh, in a very tough situation and and let's face it he's he's been around the block a few more times than almost every fan and even guys like you and me about how to how to manage in a cap world and has done and and, and really has done a, a marvelous job at trying to get this team to the next step. I, I, and they caught some breaks here, too. Like Nashville buys out Turris, so Turris takes a cheaper deal. They catch a break. They caught a huge break yeah, on but you, Barry. You know, you know what? If, if you sat down with the guy who invented this system, uh, that being Gary Bettman, and, and you had a cold beer with Gary Bettman and said, what do you see happening? And, and he would tell you that he, would, he sees buyouts as a fact of life. Absolutely, and and and, and as a, the great equalizer, uh, and what what can't work for one team will work for another. This was, it, it, and it's not just specific to Edmonton; it's specific to the way the hard cap was supposed to work, and and how the cap gets adjusted when revenues don't go up. Now the revenues don't go up this year for the strangest and the the weirdest of reasons. Um, but at the same time, there were going to be buyouts no matter what anyway. There were going to be buyouts. Yes. That was a fact of life. Yep. Uh, and, and those players were probably going to get opportunities to play elsewhere as well. The There's confl- nothing to think that Kyle Turris wouldn't have been bought out anyway because David Poyle needed to change something on, uh, on the Predators, period, in order to try to change some attitudes. So the, this, is, this is the way the cap and the CBA, and particularly a hard cap, was supposed to work. But that being said, John, there's been a confluence of events. Yes, I mean, dry settles turned out to be way better than everybody thought. So you have McDavid and dry settle. You're not selling one great player you're selling to. You have a brand new building. You have a lot of players that had a chance to be here for the building during the bubble. Uh, so they got to experience things like that, that dressing room once in a while. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, frankly, you have some... Uh, philosophical ways in life that have maybe I think played a bit to Canada's favor here over the course of the last eight months. I, I don't want to. I'm not going to go in a high moral cloud. We haven't been perfect, but let's face it. We're all watching what's happening tomorrow night, and we're not really sure what the hell's going to happen after. And so, if, you know, it's it's going to be pretty. Itch- and I think that some of this stuff has started to to kind of work a bit as you you said it it's been a good off season for canadian teams and there's yeah. a reason that's come to fruition it has i mean and and, and finally n- nothing to do with the politics or nothing to do with the cap but finally um some of the drafts over the last four or five years where canadian teams have been in the lottery yeah the teams have actually been able to take advantage of it properly you know, you know, we we joked one day about the you know the possibility of the Canadian division, Bob, which I think there's a, a really good chance we're going to see. Uh, but we're going to see stars on every team. We're going to see stars on every team in Canada, and that that was not always the case. 
And that, to me, is what's really exciting about seeing the Canadian division. And all seven teams have players that, wow, i got to go watch Ottawa because I want to see Brady Kachuk. Uh, I want to go, go see Thomas Shabbat. Uh, there are lots of great names on every club now. John. And that makes Canadian franchises that much more entertaining and that's why it's gonna that's why it's gonna be a real boon to the nhl at least in canada if we do end up with a canadian division uh during the pandemic put on your uh executive hat for a second and educate our listeners what would it mean to nhl hockey and rogers to have all canadian matchups with all of their national games oh uh it, it would you know the the reality is the canadian versus canadian game uh, on any network or any regionally or nationally, it's probably worth 30% more. There is just a natural, natural uh, audience drive to watch Canadian versus Canadian. It was always the case on Saturdays. It was always the case on Wednesdays. Uh, and when you now put big names on every team uh, and a reason to watch, then you have the opportunity to, to grow that familiarity. If you, I mean... That's, that, that's for the sake of argument. Winnipeg versus Edmonton on a Wednesday night would draw three or four hundred thousand more than Winnipeg versus Vegas, and Vegas is a really good hockey club. Yep. But it's because it's the Canadian-based teams playing each other. There's that many more Canadians wanting to watch. Awesome stuff, John. I'm sure after tomorrow, will we or will we not have something to talk about Wednesday? <laughs> That could potentially affect things carrying forward. Well, maybe we're going to have to talk on Saturday then too, Bob, because we may not know until Saturday. So. Wow. There you have it. Hey, thanks for your time, John. Yes, sir. That is John Shannon, our NHL insider. It's 1254 in Edmonton. Do want to mention to you, you can uh, text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers Now sent you. We'll step out for two minutes, get to a text. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Thanks, Connor. You can text us at any time on the Ashley Five Floors text line at 780-496-0063-1256 in Edmonton. Hey, guys, love the show. Says HB out of Sandy Beach. I was one of the people that beat on the Leon signing and questioned his ability to become a superstar. And what fed it for me was exactly what you and John just talked about, which was Leon wanting to make it work uh, without uh, McDavid. When they were separated, you could see the lack of effort by Leon. Uh, my circle would joke about the curled uh, lip uh, slowing him down. People might say, yeah, he didn't have anybody to play with, and some of the guys were on the way out and whatnot. But you could uh, tell every time uh, when he was put with Lucic and others, Leon was sad and not trying. That one came to us from HB. 
Well, he was with Lucic and Slepyshev when he had three goals and five points in one playoff game against Anaheim back in 2017. Um, I wouldn't say... I, I, you have an opportunity to play with the best player in the world. I think any player would be excited to do so. And Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. There were times during last season that uh, obviously once the... How many complaints have we had that the head coach of the team, Dave Tippett, didn't put Nugent Hopkins back with Drysaddle and Yamamoto until the final eight minutes of game four of the play-in series, right? Like, he got with those guys, look out. So we'll see how this works with Cahoon. Bottom line is the Oilers have lots more options in a considerably different type of top nine than they've had maybe in the past. For the record, I still think Slepyshev could be a useful third-line player. And there's a lot. I think Paul Yarby is the third-liner at the NHL level at minimum. And his work rate and uh, how hard he grinds. And I don't even mean he means to become a grinder. I mean, how much he works at his craft. That is what real grinding is. Uh, it's crazy that I have to explain that. But anyhow, bottom line here is I'll be really intrigued to see how much progression occurs in Yessa Pugliarvi's game because uh, he too could be a considerable uh, upgrade. Bob, what about the Ethan Bear signing? Well, unfortunately for Ethan, who was a very valuable player for the Oilers last year, he doesn't have arm rights. So, you know, does he do a one-year deal? Does he do a three-year deal? He's probably not going to get the money that the agent was hoping to get, especially now. I think we've said that over and over again. Uh, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, a guy who I think is going to communicate very strongly uh, <laughs> how much more the Oilers' current head coach, Dave Tippett, has to work with at forward than maybe in some past years. Uh, the one and only Drew Remenda coming up out of Saskatoon, Oilers television analyst, when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.